0: Hey, I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life.
1: The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life.
0: Okay, Jam, so we're here for Smoke Detectors Part 2.
1: Okay, right.
0: And I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be a quicker episode. Okay. But um, before we get into that, I want to address the fact that we are now an audiovisual podcast. Correct. Not just an audio audio podcast right
1: and we we did that for the first smoke Tangers episode as well as our q and r getting used to it working out some of the kinks a little bit
0: yeah and
1: stuff but it's gonna mean some changes for you listeners
0: yeah so we might reference things that are visual like the cute flower hat i'm wearing today
1: we just we did that sometimes too before where i'd like to make a weird gesture with my hands <laughs> yeah. and then you'd be like uh for those listening he's doing this weird thing with
0: his hands <laughs> Or whatever. But now you can see it in the flesh. Yeah. Also, this cute hat was a birthday present from Jam and his wife. So if you want to see it, you can just go to the YouTube <laughs> channel now. Yeah. Um. But also, I think that means there's going to be some changes in terms of we're not going to edit out every little cough or sneeze. It's going to be more like a live show.
1: Correct. Yeah, we want the audio version of the podcast and the video version of the podcast to be exactly the same in every way, except that, you know, one's video, one's audio. And so right. same length you know, same episode and people just get to pick which way they prefer. But one of the things we've always done is cut out like coughs and stuff and just things that, you know, it's, it's for y'all's sake and whatnot, but to keep things consistent and our workflow the same, um, we're not going to, you know, have tons of jump cuts of every cough that ever happens in the video. <laughs> Cause that would be probably pretty annoying, honestly, if it kept mm-hmm. like cutting out random little bits and, Stuff and so in the audio, there may be an occasional cough or sniffle or whatever, and um, that'll be a little bit of an adjustment for you guys that are audio folks. But I don't think it'll be crazy, and hopefully, you won't be annoyed with us.
0: <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> it's just the way I think of it is like, oh, now we're doing a live show, sort of quote unquote live. So you get the raw and unedited coughs and sneezes that you would miss out in a in a not live show,
1: right? We always were pretty minimal on the editing. Like, I'm sure there's some podcasts that do way more than we do. Mm-hmm. But we have always done um, some of it and stuff. So that'll be a little bit of a different feel. But, yeah, you're getting a live and unfiltered, for the most part, kind of deal. Yeah. But also, we hope you guys like it. We hope you guys like the the option for YouTube and stuff. And if you've got thoughts and, and things so far, let us know. We love to yeah. hear
0: them. We love to hear feedback. And we always want to keep the show improving, which is why we're trying to do it on YouTube video anyway. So yeah, yep. if you want to see the show, you can check us out at youtube.com slash at chem Your Life. Right. Right. Okay. So are you ready for smoke alarms or smoke detectors part two? I am ready. Me too. <laughs> just, I mentioned this in the last episode, but I just want to mention this again. There were not a lot of like peer reviewed journal resources about this. Okay. A lot more of it came from government resources. So mm. like the national fire protection agency, the NFPA was one and NIST, which is the national Institute of standards and technology is another one. Okay. So I did more government resources than chemistry resources, but the chemistry checks out like what they're saying makes sense to me okay. as a chemist. So that's why I was like, well, I, I trust this website and I think because it's not, chemists aren't researching how smoke detectors work. There's not a lot of
1: that. Right, right. Yeah, that's interesting. And it's like, can we trust the government? (laughs) It really brings up the question.
0: Mm, I have lots (laughs) of questions about what happens in the government, but that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about smoke detectors and those questions.
1: Right, right, right. Ones that
0: I have answers to. Right. (laughs) okay so we talked about the two types of smoke detectors last episode do you remember that yes i do okay what do you do you remember about the two different types
1: i remember that the type we talked about last time we recorded was the radioactive um ion connecting the charges that kind of stuff yep and smoke interrupts a connection, and that's how it knows smoke's there. Yes. Uh, and I remember you telling me a little hint about what the other kind was, mm-hmm. and I don't remember.
0: <laughs> that's okay. Maybe our listeners probably don't either. Yeah, probably not. So the other one is called photoelectric, and it uses light. It's light sensing oh. instead of charge sensing. Okay, cool. But there are very similar. There's a few key differences. I kind of think of this one being the inverse of the other one. You'll see what I mean. Okay. But essentially, it uses the principle of a light source, and a light sensor. And this is a good chemistry lesson because chemists actually use this in instrumentation a lot. Okay. So you used to work at a pool store. I did, yes. I'm just telling you that for the first time now. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <You're>, I did? <laughs> and you used to put a vial of something with clear sides down into a sensor and it shone light through it.
1: Yes, yes. And this that, has come up before, but I can't remember what episode, but yeah, it's I, like been related the to it. bleach a, one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And I feel like that um on that when it put the light through, did that tell you the concentration of the of what was in the water, or what did it tell you? do you remember
1: yeah it told it told us a bunch of things, so I would actually test like for every person's pool water I tested it was like five different vials okay. um and I'd like pop the like foil thing and squirt a little bit of water into all of them It told us p h um the concentration of chlorine mm-hmm. um the Oh uh, I can't remember. There were there are multiple things. I guess
0: Was there maybe like an absorption?
1: Maybe so. Like sort of how saturated the stuff the yeah. water currently was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I think there was one that, that maybe tested for like the um amount of potential like growth and microbes where it could mm. be in it. Like how how close are you to having an algae fest tomorrow. Yeah, algae fest. fest. But I can't remember. I just remember there being like five.
0: at our apartment has been an algae fest. I think I showed <laughs> you pictures. It's like lime green some days that I'm like, okay. Yeah. That's an algae fest if I've ever seen one. Okay. So that makes sense to me, especially the concentration one or the, the pH, because what essentially I used a lot whenever I was doing research in the organic chemistry lab is we worked with highly colored molecules. Hmm. And you, if you had them, they had to be diluted to a certain level so that the light could pass through them. But when the light passed through them and then it went over to a sensor, so you have like a little vial, the light passes through and hits a sensor. That light, even though it might not look changed, is changed for passing through this uh, material. Okay. And we could see what wavelengths of the light had been absorbed by the molecules versus which ones were able to sort of pass through. Got it. And that's if something's, you know, pretty dilute. Um, But- We're using a different type, a different feature of light in our fire, uh, or sorry, in our smoke detectors. And that's in this case, the light won't pass through something and instead it can be deflected off. Okay. So light could either pass through things and it may be absorbed or light will be reflected or deflected, you know, uh, depending on how you kind of want to think about that. So that's a little bit of chemistry background for you. Okay. Okay. Now, in this smoke detector, it has, in photoelectric, specifically smoke detector, it has a beam of light shining, unbroken, and actually, instead of the sensor being uh, right on where the light shines, like it usually is in instrumentation, the light's a little off. Okay. So, maybe it's at an angle, right? And as long as the light is not interrupted by anything, and it doesn't hit the sensor... No alarm happened. Okay. But if smoke particles, especially the light or white colored ashes, start to enter into the smoke detector, those are relatively large and they will start to deflect the light and make it to where it hits the sensor. So instead of the light coming and just being uninterrupted, the light will hit a particle and go down to where the sensor is or up or wherever the sensor is located. Okay. goes off at an angle and the light will be scattered all over the place. So it doesn't just go to that sensor, but if enough light hits the sensor for it to realize that there's something happening, that's when the alarm sounds. Okay. So the other one, the smoke particles interrupt the flow of charge and that's when the alarm sounds Mm -hmm. in this one, the smoke particles interrupt the flow of light and they diffract or not diffract, sorry, deflect the light over into the sensor. And once the sensor Detects that light, then the alarm sounds. Okay. So you see the difference there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's similar-ish, except instead of breaking a current, it's hitting the sensor.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. I would have assumed, I think, you just asked me to guess, that the it would work similarly, but just with light. But that it would be like, if the sensor stops detecting the light, Yes. then it does that. But it's interesting that they made the choice to do the other way around. I'm sure there was good reason. And maybe it's more reliable or something like that, but-
0: I also wondered if there are ones where it's like a constant stream of light and does it get interrupted? But I wonder if the beam is, is too large, you know, Mm. maybe it would be hard to interrupt as much or maybe, yeah, I don't know. I wondered, I wondered about that same thing is why they went that route. And if there's anybody in, it's probably an engineer, probably like somebody like my husband. (laughs) Um, If you know how smoke detectors work, Hit us up. Why did they design them that way? I'd love to know. Yeah. Or if there are some that are the uninterrupted beam of light and then the particles interrupt it. Yeah. So that's a quick little, I told you it was going to be quick. Yeah. Um, about how photoelectric fire detectors work. Do you want to try to, to summarize that back to me?
1: Yes. So in general, I mean, we started off in the place of just talking about how in chemistry it's actually a common thing to try to use light in the way light behaves as it hits different things to detect the presence of something or the change of something or, you know, something dissolved in something else or whatever. And the way that the smoke detectors use it in this way is actually, um, banking on the fact that when smoke is present, it will actually deflect light, um, into a sensor mm-hmm. because the, the, different molecules and particles that are in smoke will start to mess with and interrupt that beam of light and it actually can bounce off right. and and direct it into a sensor that is there, is de- able to detect light mm-hmm. and is ready to sound the alarm once it does. But that just the the particles and molecules in our air um, without smoke seem not to do that right. in this way. And, and They're allow, not as
0: large.
1: Not as large. And they allow the the beam of light to keep going where it's intended to go and not hit the sensor.
0: Right. Okay. I will say we've had some construction um <laughs> going on in our apartment. Uh-huh. And at one point, I guess the shop vac wasn't securely on when they vacuumed. And so a bunch of particles oh. just went all over the place. Uh-huh. And that definitely did set off the smoke detectors. Oh. So, And for the first time, the smoke detector has been set off accidentally. You know, I was yeah. like, I wonder if that's probably um, the photoelectric versus the, oh, sorry. I wonder that's probably the photoelectric versus the ionizing because these are the, um, you know, a type of particle that could interrupt it, which that brings me to my fun fact.
1: Okay. Yes, I'm ready.
0: So. We talked about in the last one, you're like, oh, which which smoke detector is better? I don't have a smoke detector in any of my house until all the way down the hallway. Right, right. <laughs>
1: which I still have not made a decision about because I wanted to hear both mm-hmm. of these before I bought a smoke detector. So, but I need to buy one, two, three, I don't know, who knows? <laughs> several probably.
0: This is how I reached the conclusion that I think my smoke detector is photoelectric. Okay. Okay, so according to the NFPA, that's the National Fire Protection Agency, photoelectric smoke detectors are typically more sensitive to smoldering fires, mm. which produce more uh, white soot. Okay. While ionizing is more sensitive to flaming fires. So according to NIST, the National Institute of Standard and Technology, flaming fires like the ones that ionizing are more sensitive to, tend to produce small black soot particles. Okay. And they are produced uh they're produced more quickly and in greater number. So they're able to interrupt that current from between the plates more rapidly than smoldering fires. Yeah. Okay. While smoldering fires, um produces more particles that are larger in size and white or light colored. Hmm. And so because they're white or light colored, they're more reflective of the light. And so those will be detected and deflect the light or reflect the light more easily onto the sensor.
1: Got it. Okay.
0: So because it was drywall, which is white or light colored Uh and large particles, I assumed, oh, I wonder if we have a photoelectric fire detector because- Uh And that just went off so easily.
1: Yeah, were you able to confirm or just? How about I don't a, know
0: how to confirm. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, unless you could like, unless it was an obvious brand name or model number, but mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm guessing it would not be a good idea to like take it apart. But that's
0: yes. Oh, oh I was going to get to that uh-huh. about what the EPA says about tampering with them. But oh. I will say, because the some the sorry because some smoke detectors are more sensitive to one fire and the other are more sensitive to the other type of fire. Actually, many smoke detectors have both kinds of sensing oh, in them. Oh, so that's smart. it may be that I have a combo pack.
1: Right, okay.
0: Or my apartment building is a little bit old, so I could see it being just one or the other.
1: Right, right.
0: But it definitely works. It's very sensitive.
1: Interesting.
0: So um, you may be able to purchase that kind of fire Uh, detector or smoke detector for your home right? so that it can detect both different kinds of fires.
1: That sounds pretty smart. I'm guessing they recommend that based on the fact that they create them now that has both in there. Yeah. Sounds like a way of saying, hey, this would be best for you.
0: Hey, do that. Yeah. (laughs) And according to the EPA, you should not tamper with Or damage your smoke detector because the ionizing smoke detectors do have radiation in them. So they're safe as long as you don't tamper with them. They also said they confirmed that it was the alpha particles, which that's what I thought. But remember, I was kind of like, oh, yeah. One place said gamma. I have, I'm not really sure. Right. Alpha particles are larger, they're closer to the size of an atom and not as small as some other radiation. So they really can be contained easily with a barrier. And that's why the ionizing smoke detectors are generally regarded as safe.
1: Got it. Okay. But you
0: don't want to like, you know, lick them or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Right. Don't damage them. <laughs> don't tamper with them. Leave them on the ceiling and replace them when they have expired and keep the batteries up to date and you'll be good.
1: Got it. Okay, cool.
0: Cool. Okay. So do you, does that answer all your questions about smoke detectors?
1: I think so. I, I thought of a fun fact or not a really fun fact, but something that is related um, to this one, the light, what'd you call it again? Photo- Photoelectric. Electric. Photoelectric. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just thinking about the fact that our Roomba, we have one of those little robot vacuums, mm-hmm. um, and I slowly discovered the way it can tell when it's full mm-hmm. is actually similar. Um, it says not research, but it's based on like a lot of trial and error. Uh-huh. Is that we had, you know, a renovation in our house happen in the summer. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of dust going on. And I discovered that ever since then, I our Roomba was really overreactive, thinking it was always full. And I had a really hard time getting it to change. And like the whole thing got pretty dusty, mm-hmm. but I like emptied the bin, all kinds of stuff. And I finally figured out that there's these two places in the bin that actually have a little window pointing to each other. It's pretty easy to miss. And they were both oh my gosh. just covered in dust. So I wiped those off. and So it might, it might be the opposite thing where actually right. the beam needs to mm-hmm. see, you know, hit the sensor. Uh, if it doesn't, then it says it's full. Yeah. Um. But I wiped those off. And ever since then, it's been so much better.
0: You know, that made me think there's also like garage door openers. Yes. They often have that safety feature on the bottom where if the the beam of light gets broken, it uh-huh. stops. So yeah. I wonder if that's similar. Too. Yeah, it's got
1: to be similar. Yes. It's just funny because I kept wondering... Like, there was no indicator, <laughs> no clear thing that says this is where the sensor is. Probably because right. most people don't really need to know. And they'd rather use empty the bin, not, like, right. game the system or whatever. But I, <laughs> there's so many parts of the room that I was looking at that I was like, what, which part is telling? Which, where's the smart thingy? That's <laughs> Look
0: at you knows- engineering that situation.
1: But it just took me a long time. I'm sure smarter people would have figured it out faster.
0: <laughs> I wonder if you had already learned about smoke detectors, if you would have figured that out faster.
1: I bet I would have.
0: Because you're like, I know something else that... Yeah. It's interrupted by particles. Yeah.
1: And I wouldn't have thought some sort of light sensor like that would have been the thing. Yeah. Um, I would have thought something else. I don't know what I thought, but it just didn't have occurred to me for that to be the main way to do it. But it makes total sense now that I think about it.
0: I also think the Roomba probably makes a lot of use of light and light sensing to help it not run into things. Yeah, totally. That's my guess. Yeah. Okay. So next thing I wanted to shift gears to, because that's a really short- that's a shorty. Right. So right. I promise to also, oh, my bad. I just keep hitting the mic. I promise to also teach you a little bit about those fire sprinklers. Oh, so this is yes. not, it's not just smoke alarms. It's more like fire emergency yeah. responding equipment. Yeah. So do you have any idea how those sprinklers work?
1: I do have an idea oh, that I have do? no idea if it's accurate or not. Okay. But here's what I remember hearing from someone at some point I can't remember (laughs) where um
0: this is exciting
1: is that I know that there are like they're not just connected to like straight up um running water all the time Mm -hmm. like they have maybe they are but like there's water just hanging out in there ready to go Mm -hmm. and what I remember hearing was that there's something that's sort of holding the sprinkler closed that melts at a very low temperature, and then when it's gone, then the thing can drop down and the water can just start coming out. So that it's like there's no if there's there's there's, there's fewer smart things, mm-hmm. something like that. It probably is better, and so it's like a good fail safe for like if it gets hot enough, the sprinkler is turning on. Whether, one way or the other, one way or another, water's coming out of this thing. But I've also heard that the water can get super gross in those because it's like just hanging out for a long time. Still does a good job of that makes sense. P- putting out the water, but, or with the fire, <laughs> putting out the water. Um
0: <laughs> I mean, it puts out water onto the fire. It does put water out, yeah.
1: <laughs> is, is that accurate?
0: Okay, that is, that is very accurate. Nice. But there's actually a whole other type that you missed.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, but I didn't know about that.
0: The idea, that's correct, is there's already, so when you have those sprinklers, we have one in our apartment because it's a commercial building. It's usually mm-hmm. in commercial buildings, not in homes. Right. And so they'll have those sprinklers. And they are already connected to the water line. You know, they have pipes that are full of water. And it reminds me of, you know, when you just like, um, when you have a water hose and you just break the line, you know, to keep it. That's kind of what's happening all the time in our uh, sprinkler system is there's basically just a plug that's not letting the water out. Mm. And I'm assuming because the water's not coming out, no more water is flowing through it, so the water just stays there ready to go. Yeah. That's another one of those questions for plumbers that we have. Mm. Uh, if there's a master plumber out there, we'd love to hear about it. So they do have the water already like ready to go, but it's just the it's almost like the faucet's turned off, like you said. It's got a plug in it, and the plug is heat sensitive. Okay. And like you said, one of them is a metal or a mixture of metals that melts at a very low uh, temperature low enough, it's like I think it was 158 or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, Fahrenheit, I think, okay. but I didn't get into the details because I wanted this to be more of like a quick fun fact. Yeah. Um, but it does so the plug is held in by either some metal that mm-hmm. will melt and the plug is removed, and essentially then the water can flow. There's one other type of plug that is not metal that melts. Mm-hmm. But it is something that somehow fails with heat. Can you think of what it might be?
1: Something that's not metal Mm -hmm. that fails with heat.
0: That uses chemistry.
1: That uses chemistry.
0: Mm. And listeners at home or watchers at home, also you can think about it. Is there something that would break or stop working if it was a certain temperature.
1: Dang, that's tough.
0: Or maybe even something that would explode. Oh. Do you want me to just tell you?
1: I guess so, I think they would explode. This Dang.
0: makes me think of um, when I was in my organic chemistry lab in college. So I was probably 20 and I'm now 32. So that just tells you <laughs> how this has stuck in my mind. I don't remember conversations that happened last week, but this is in my mind. Uh-huh. Somebody asked, do we need to heat this up with the lid on or off? I'm pretty sure I've told this story before. Oh, yes. And he said, if you heat a closed container, that's a bomb. Yeah. And he said it so seriously, and then he just walked away. So he didn't answer them. He just said, if you leave that lid on, it'll explode. Uh huh. That's basically what happens in sprinklers okay so you have a glass container it's sometimes called an ampule filled with liquid Okay. and the liquid as it's heated up what happens when you put heat into liquid
1: the molecules get excited Mm -hmm. and they spread out more Mm -hmm. they have more energy they're spreading out and they Mm -hmm. want to take up more space than they maybe have in this case
0: Mm mm-hmm Yep. If they're in a closed container, they're trying to spread out. They eventually will put enough pressure on that container that it will explode.
1: Okay. Got it.
0: And so when that happens, basically the, the glass ampule is the plug or is keeping the plug in place. The glass ampule will explode because of the thermal expansion of uh-huh. the liquid, which we first talked about in the sea level rise episode right? with the other Dr. Collini. Yes. And then the water is free to flow.
1: Yeah! Wow, I think that's crazy
0: science.
1: As you after you started talking, I was thinking like, oh, I wonder if there's a gas that could be in there that would start to, but like, yeah, liquid expanding makes. Like, I stuff. wondered if
0: it was a gas too, but I think probably gases are already so free,
1: right? Right.
0: That having the liquid that wants to expand more, so I think because it's you know trying to get to a gaseous state is yeah. more effective. Do
1: you remember um, the little song that? <laughs> our friend Justin sort of made from that (laughs) saying when we first talked about the (laughs) if you heat a closed container it's a bomb thing um one of our friends named Justin put it to the like tune of if you're happy and you know it
0: if you heat a closed container that's a bomb yeah I do remember that yes it's
1: sometimes it pops into my head (laughs) when I'm like placing the microwave like that (laughs) And I think he said, "If you if you heat a closed container, you'll be cleaning it up later. If you heat a closed container, it's a bomb."
0: I don't remember this hardly at all. It's yeah. like somewhere in my brain, but I don't really it's remember that like verse. The
1: perfect syllables. It's like perfect, and That's he just so good he just put it together, and it's great. So, but also it's nice because it's kind of the nice thing to remember. <laughs> it's like that a good, so
0: good. It's yeah. a good
1: thing to have like taught in your brain, and so
0: sing the whole thing.
1: <laughs> if you heat a closed container, it's a bomb. If you heat a closed container, it's a bomb. If you heat a closed container, you'll be cleaning it up later. If you heat a closed container, it's a bomb.
0: That's so good. It, that is
1: Happy and You Know It, right? Yeah. Isn't it?
0: If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands.
1: Yeah. I guess that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty close.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway, Justin, thanks for doing that.
0: That is really good, Justin. I'm really impressed.
1: That he typed that on Twitter. And I think he, I don't remember what he, what he said, but the tune was very obvious from the beginning. Right when he started like doing the syllables or whatever.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. But
1: that's been years ago now at this point.
0: (laughs) Well, thanks Justin, because that will help you remember how a little bomb goes off in your fire sprinklers. (laughs) Yes. yes.
1: But for a good reason so that it can then put out a fire. Yeah, So they
0: can put out a fire. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's really cool. Thanks. I loved that. I'm glad you brought that up into my brain. Okay. So that is, that's your lesson on fire safety. Okay, and how fire safety instruments do their job.
1: Nice, I love it. I'm I'm very excited to now go and buy some uh, smoke detectors.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah, and you can do it. You can in an informed way say that you want both a photoelectric and ionization. Yes, I like ionizing better, but I think technically it's ionization.
1: Mm, okay,
0: It doesn't roll off the tongue as well.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: But so now you can, now you know, you can go and ask.
1: Nice, nice, excellent.
0: So that's fun. And speaking of fun things, did you do anything fun this week?
1: I did do something fun this week. I guess I actually did a few fun things. Me but too. The one that I thought I had ahead of time that I wanted to share was just um, a, some of our mutual friends, um Matt and Danielle, mm-hmm. who used to live here in the town we live in, in Denton, and have been in a different town about like, you know, 45, 50 minutes away for about like, yeah, <laughs> for about like the past, what, like four years or like that now? I think
0: so. It's been a while.
1: Um, we both have kids, you know, and so it's also just kind of hard to get time to hang and far enough away where you don't, it's not convenient, but yeah, we finally got to hang out with them and their oldest daughter and our oldest son are really close in age, about two months apart.
0: There's really cute pictures.
1: Yes, and so it was just fun for them to play and... interact and stuff like that and the last time we did that there was a lot of tears about sharing toys and sharing (laughs) the slide and stuff this time it went a lot more smoothly good and so that was just a lot of fun um and then uh i don't know just like those kinds of things are always a treat and you kind of have this realization like oh remember when i was a kid and i play with like my parents like friends kids or whatever you kind of have this realization like oh i'm the parent now and i'm getting to hang out with friends of mine I haven't caught up with in a while and yes our kids are playing
0: and- yeah you know who I try not to be is that weird friend <laughs> who's like I remember you in diapers and you're like I have no idea who you are you know yeah. like you're just some lady my parents know don't talk to me like you know me right. I, that's what I'm in danger of being now is yeah. I'm I'm in danger being the weird friend not like with your kids but with kids that I knew when right. they were younger, and right. then I moved to to our town, and they're still over in Plano or wherever. Yeah. Then then I'm at risk, so I always right. have to stop myself from saying that. But it's a real impulse.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's tough. I think we're all kind of at risk of that, and you know, it'll someone have to point out to us. Hey, listen, you just kind of sounded like whatever. yeah.
0: You sounded like one of those one of those old people. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then one additional thing I wanted to to shout out to, um, is kind of related to to. Well, I'll just say it. it was we're in progress. Um, Mason and I on doing some improvements to our coffee station. Oh, you know? yeah. And so we've been working on that. It's not quite done yet, but our coffee roasting station is undergoing some um some good improvements and some, some
0: up- good with an E.
1: Yes, good with an E. Good coffee. <laughs>
0: good.
1: <laughs> um our coffee company is good dot coffee. G O O D E dot coffee. We've talked about it before, but we have gotten to a point now where we can like upgrade the area a little bit and make our workstation kind of better so you obviously know about that but that's been a fun project and also it's kind of hard (laughs) for Center to find usual time to work on it but we did that the other night which also got to coincide with hanging out with you guys which was another good thing i wanted to share about so yeah
0: so you just got to hang out with a lot of friends that's your fun thing yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well you kind of stole that because i was gonna say it was my birthday this weekend Mm -hmm. And we kicked off the birthday festivities with a coffee hour that we do with our um, H. Bonder Patreons. Yes. And then Jam and I and his wife and my husband all got dinner and just hung out and talked and it was really fun. It was a really good way to start off the weekend. Yeah. And then the next day I got to sleep in and do whatever I want. Heck yeah. Some people came to visit me and then some other people took charge and decided to throw me a 30 second birthday party. For, um, (laughs) for my Lorelai Gilmore year, because that's how old Lorelai Gilmore was at the beginning of Gilmore Girls, which I remember watching when I was younger than, than Rory was. So it's just weird to think. Oh yeah. Like for my 15th birthday or 14th birthday, I'm pretty sure I got a season of Gilmore Girls and now (laughs) I'm as old as the mom, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. But so it was Gilmore Girls themed. It was really cute. One of our friends dressed up as Luke Danes, which was hilarious. (laughs) It was a woman and she pulled it off so well. Yeah.
1: I didn't know how the character was, but at one point they played an episode and she stood in front of it and I was like, oh, okay. Yep. Nailed it.
0: (laughs) It was so good. So it was just a really fun weekend and yeah, I had a great time. I got to eat good food. I got to see people I loved and yeah, it was just so chill and I've been so busy this year that I think that's one of the first weekends I've had nothing that I had to do. You know, I got to do whatever I wanted that weekend.
1: That's great. Yeah. That
0: was really fun.
1: What if I had shared about our Friday night hang with you guys and then also your birthday party on Sunday?
0: <laughs> I just took them both. <laughs> like, like, yeah, and
1: then I got to go to Melissa's birthday party. And, <laughs> and Just like, what would you even share about? I'd
0: have been like, well, you took all mine. It was my birthday. Yay. <laughs> That's funny. But it yeah. was really fun. So I had a great weekend and now I'm 32. Now I'm in my Lorelai Gilmore year. So thank goodness I don't have a 16-year-old daughter because I don't know that I'd be very good at that. <laughs> yeah it's a lot it is a lot
1: it's funny whenever we turn those ages and we're like oh man I can't imagine being the age I'm at now being the age I'm at now and having X, Y, and Z that Mm -hmm. they had too that they had yeah yeah
0: well and before we wrap up I did want to shout out again that S.D. Pete is the person who suggested this series of episodes I kind of took it and ran with it yeah but thank you so much for uh, sending that that was a really good question and it sparked two whole episodes
1: totally so, if you have an idea or question or thought about something that could be chemistry-related, please reach out to us. Let us know. We've got ideas of our own, but some of these episodes that turn out to be so great are such good questions from you guys. So, you can reach out to us on our website at chemforyourlife.com. That's chem, chemforyourlife.com to share your thoughts and ideas. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the costs of making it, go to patreon.com/chemforyourlife or tap the link in our show notes or the description of the video to join our super cool community of patrons. We've got so many uh, friends over there yeah. that have been really fun to get to interact with. And so we'd love for you to join. If you're not able to do that, though, you can still help us by subscribing on our favorite podcast app and rating and writing a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing on YouTube. That helps us to be able to share chemistry with even more people.
0: This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. And Jam Robinson is our producer. Thanks for giving us video, Jam. <laughs> This episode was made possible by our financial supporters over on Patreon. It means so much to us that you want to help make chemistry accessible to even more people. Those supporters are Avishai B, Bree M, Brian K, Chris and Claire S, Chelsea B, Derek L, Emerson W, Hunter R, Jacob T, Christina G, Lynn S, Melissa P, Nicole C, Stephen B, Shadow, Suzanne S, Timothy P, and Venus R. Thank you again for everything you do to make chemistry for your life happen.
1: We'd also like to give a special thanks to our team of reviewers who reviewed this episode. And if you'd like to learn more about today's chemistry lesson, you can check out the references for this episode in our show notes or on our website or in the description of the video.
0: Yay. Thanks for watching or listening and yay chemistry. Yay
1: yeah, chemistry. Thanks guys.